Now, now, real people, real opinions. Nighttime talk with Niall Boylan. Ireland's classic hits radio. Sarah, good evening to you. Hi, how are things? Sorry, I got a bit angry there with the weather. It's worse. It is, but that's, it's okay. that's, that's okay. It's yeah. out of your system now before you talk to me. And yeah, but there's worse things. Now, like, there's, it's out of your system. Yeah, there's worse things I could be angry about, isn't there? When you think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Is the rain beating down in Cork at the moment? Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's horrible weather and it always seems to be when you need to get somewhere, doesn't it? That yeah. It just lashes. Um, yeah, when you have a plan, my, my like. Little, yeah, no, uh, <laughs> this morning wasn't planned. My little girl smacked her. She, she, she was running in to see what the elf got up to the night before and she went straight into a wall. Oh, no. So she had a big shiner on her. She had to take the day off school and we were... <laughs> God. I take off the, the day off work and get her to the doctor, but it's always it's almost so much more harder. Do you know what? Do, do you know when you bring rain, when, when you bring your out. child to a hospital, right? And hopefully you don't have to bring your child to a hospital. But when you do bring your child to a hospital, I remember my one of my sons was the most mischievous person you could ever meet in your life. Right? He was always climbing trees, walls, falling off his bike. Right? He was covered in bruises, head to toe. Right? And I remember you had to bring him to hospital. A bit of a temperature or something like that. And I could see the doctor looking at all his bruises. I'm going, I know what they're thinking. <laughs> I, they're going to ask him on the sly, is your mommy and daddy hurting you? <laughs> There's always that, that fear that social services are going to intervene because he was covered in bruises from head to toe. Anyway, I digress. It wasn't, by the way, his mommy and daddy, can I just point out? In case yeah, I... we realise that, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to change the order of these slightly here because I want to start a little bit upbeat. And a Cork woman has got a big break thanks to a pair of racy gold knickers. Can't beat a pair of racy gold knickers, she can't. Yeah, I had to add the word racy in there because uh, yeah. it sounds so much better, doesn't it? Yeah, racy so, gold knickers, yeah. Yeah, this is an article that was in the Echo and it was written by Ashling Mead. And... It's all about a woman named Ali Wheeler who was busy checking the email orders for her business called Created by Ali. And okay, so I've heard of that. By the way, there, Ali, yeah. have you? Yeah, have you? I have. It's a it's 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 a one woman show. It says here she designs and makes clothing items, dry robes for. Uh, I think she was on the Late Late Show. Was she on the Late Late Show or something? If I, if I remember rightly. You know, one of their shows where they have new businesses or something like that. Well, you know, they kind of feature businesses. I think she was, she might, yeah. maybe that's, I'm remembering something there. But go on, but I do remember it, yeah. Created by Ali. Yeah, so so this this girl is industrious anyway. She got this email order for seven pairs of the gold knickers in all different sizes. These are called the Golden Paula Hot Knickers range. And they were all to be dispatched to Paris within just over two weeks of the order. So she was really intrigued about the request. It seemed very unusual to have an order for seven of the exact same pair in all different sizes and also to have this really short time frame for delivery yeah. to France. So she was asking, she, she said she'd, she'd make a phone call to make sure that she had everything right before the order went through. And she, she was asking... Um, she, she was asking the person placing the order. She, she, she said, I assume it's for a wedding, thinking that it might be a hen party or yeah. something like that. And yeah. when she said no, she um, she learned that they were actually for a shoot for a perfume ad campaign for the new Jean-Paul Gaultier oh. fragrance 
Very good. Um, Gautier Divine, and she said she nearly fainted on the spot. Nice. Blown away. And she she just so happens to be a massive fan of John Paul Gautier's for years. And Mm -hmm. she always loved his creation. So she was a stylist. And she also works in the perfume department in really big department stores in London, Harrods and Selfridges, where... um, do you know those perfumes and the torso-shaped bottles? I think they're like they're sign- that that kind of signature perfume bottle that everybody has in their dressing table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one, so, the one shaped so, like a bust. Another one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That that one. So um, imagine that an email out of the blue, and it happens to be for a, a John Paul Gaultier as it's. It's it's great when something nice comes out of the blue, isn't it? Because usually it's something awful that hits you out of the blue. And when something nice comes along, it's... Um, okay, yeah, I'm it's, looking it's, at the ad here. While, while you were talking away there, I decided I'd Google it. I'm looking at the latest Jean-Paul Gaultier ad. Now, I don't know whether this is the one, but they're all in gold outfits with gold knickers on them. Oh, well, those gold knickers came from West Cork, didn't they? Yeah, there's a bit of West Cork in there. <laughs> Yes, all of these lovely ladies on a ship with gold, like a gold kind of short little skirt and they have gold bra tops and gold knickers on. Courtesy of Ali in West Cork. Are, are we the only place that calls them knickers? Or do they call them knickers No, knickers in, in England as well. Are they, or they, they probably started in England, but only, only the UK. What, do you, what would you normally call them? Knickers. Does, <laughs> I hate the other words. Actually, knickers is probably the best word. The other words sound a bit creepy, like panties. That just sounds creepy. Undies. That sounds equally as creepy. <laughs> I think knickers is probably the best name for them, isn't it? I think we need to find a, a better word for them, don't we? Because there's a... Oh, my mother no used to call them really briefs. Briefs, no. Yeah. No, it doesn't work for me either. Okay. We'll, we'll we'll find it. And laundry is a bit is kind of nicer, isn't it? Yeah. Well, that's provide. Well, lingerie kind of makes you think something else. It's kind of a little bit more erotic and sexy, I suppose, isn't it? You take them over knickers, wouldn't you? Knickers. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, a remarkable octogenarian opened up about how a local Cork charity helped him back from the brink following a terrifying attack in Cork City. What happened, to the poor man? Yeah, so this actually turned out to be a lovely story. Every week I seem to make a new friend and I just talk about them for the whole week and how great they are. So this week, um, or last week, I should say, it was Tony O'Leary. So um, you you know that, have you heard of Cher? Yes. Yeah, so I went to the, the Cher Christmas dinner. They provide accommodation for older people and Tony O'Leary had a particularly poignant story. He was telling me that he's he's um, eighty one years old. He might be eighty two years old. Yeah, he's he's early eighties anyway. And one day in um, two thousand and nineteen, he was walking home from after getting shopping, walking back to the share accommodation, and he had one bag in his in his hand with the messages. For himself, I still call them messages because I'm old fashioned. Mm-hmm. And in the other hand, it was um, the shopping for yeah. his neighbour. He did the shopping for his neighbour too because his his neighbour um, was a wheel is, is a wheelchair user. So he said, all of a sudden, he felt this punch in the back of his head. No. And he was attacked really badly and had his 
hip broken in two places and oh, a fair gosh. few injuries now. And it was all for um, for the tablets he had on him, um, nice. obviously prescription yeah. tablets. So he was saying that Cher supported him through that entire time and they helped him back from the brink um, as such. And he, he was saying they were, they were just so kind to him that he felt safe in there. And he said that when the weather is cold and the night is dark and it's too dangerous to go outside, I feel safe with Cher. And we have to remember that he's shown incredible bravery because um, the person who did it was um, brought to justice anyway. And what he said to him, he got an apology, but what Tony said to that person, he said, right, you go, you go your way and I'll go mine. And that was mm-hmm. like his way of saying, I'm yeah. moving on, I yeah. suppose. And I'm not quite honorable of him to say something like that. Me. Yeah. 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 It was just, uh, it, it really, it really summed it up. But how many people of that age do you hear actually becoming stronger after, mm-hmm. after something like this? I'm looking I'm at so a, I'm looking at a photograph of him here, uh, yeah, with his blue jumper on him, and a wonderful story by some uh, journalist. I'm not too sure who she is, Sarah Horgan. Um, anyway, and it also <laughs> mentioned he worked in Irish distillers at one point in his life as well. So, and for those who don't know, by the way, Cher is the Students Harness Aid uh, for the Relief of the Elderly. In case people are wondering what the acronym is for, um, and it looks like a lovely man. It looks very happy in that photograph. By the way, did you take that yourself? Uh, no, I didn't. That was um, Jeremy McCarthy. I actually think. Sometimes the photograph is more important than the mm. story itself, and yeah. I would say that about 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 this photograph. There's there's something about this photograph that's so full of joy, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, like, he looks really happy. He, he I'm very Christmassy with his uh, the manger in the background there. <laughs> very Christmassy. And you know what? He was just he was just such a, a a gent. He was just so lovely. And the one thing that was great is you didn't have to twist his arm because I, I never like to twist anybody's arm to do a story. You know, he mm-hmm. was, was more than happy to tell his story and he was happy to be in the Echo because he's read the Echo all his life. So oh, uh, that's hopefully good. we'll see more he's of him. He's a fan. He's know. a fan. <laughs> that's all oh, yeah. <laughs> fan girling. <laughs> now, there were emotional scenes in Cork City Hall last week after a US man was reunited with the rescue team he owes his life to. That sounds intriguing. Now, you got to explain that one. Yeah, so this is um, a man named David um, David Moat from Armagh from North Carolina, and he launched a book paying tribute to everyone involved in his miraculous rescue, uh, rescue from the battlement of Balarney Castle. So it's bad enough having a cardiac arrest anywhere. He had a cardiac arrest on the very top of Balarney Castle so he had to be airlifted from the castle so effectively he died but if you uh, Gerald D who is one of the paramedics involved he was telling me that in all when you think when you take into account his rescue and his care there would have been 50 people involved so he was able to bring them all together in City Hall well a, a good chunk of them anyway, a lot of them, and present this book that he wrote. So the book is called The Gift of Blarney. It's uh, available to buy online. And uh, can you imagine that kind of energy, having everybody together in the yeah. same room, each link 
in the chain of survival as such because it was a really dramatic This was saying without every rescue. one of those people there he wouldn't be there himself yeah 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 so this was almost five years ago that it happened and he's since gone back he went back in 2018 he had unfinished business yeah. so he got to kiss the Blarney Stone because <laughs> that was what he had said have you, ever, have you ever kissed the Blarney Stone by the way I don't need to neither okay. do you <laughs> I don't. I'm going. I don't want to destroy the tourist trade for the Blarney Stone, but I don't fancy kissing a rock that loads of other people have kissed. I I don't mind that part. It's the don't you have to hang upside down? That's or that's the thing, isn't it? You're meant to hang upside. They hold you, and you hang yeah, upside I'm, down I'm, and kiss I'm, the bottom I'm, of the stone. Yeah, I'm kind of manky that way. I wouldn't care how many people have kissed the stone. It's just the hanging upside down that would. No, that but would, I mean, that that knows me. people with slobbery mouths and tourists. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming they don't clean it after every person, do they? Or do they sanitize? I'd say they probably do. do they? There, there must be some kind of sanitize, um, sanitization there. Now I'm kind of curious. I feel like I want to do it just because I know I haven't no. done there was it. A guy in, um, there was a guy near where I lived years ago when I was a kid. We used to call him the lick the wall guy. And he used to just lick the wall. And everyone was kind of very curious as to why he was licking the wall. I know it's unrelated, but I just thought I'd throw it in there. Just, just all, all the time, he, yeah, he, would, he would lick the wall or, yeah, no, or he, now and then. He'd, he'd lean against it and he'd sideways, kind of lick. I'm trying to, it's not it's radio, you can't really see me. But he could just kind of lick the wall. He just kept licking the wall. It was the lick the wall guy, we used to call him. But there's the lick the I wall guy. There'd be, a name, there'd be a name for that. If we if we looked it up, do you know the way you 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 can look up something or yeah, you see yeah. a program about someone who can't stop eating coal or oh yeah something? But that's that's interesting now, isn't it? Uh, that reminds me. A man who reminds me of a story. There was the a wall. a guy I knew, and he was an investigator for an insurance company, and they used to his job was to go out if somebody had put a big claim in the car crash because of something they claimed happened to them, like a guy who claims that he can't walk anymore, and then he take a photograph of him on the golf course, you know, and he use that in court, whatever, you know. So that was his job as an investigator. It was a really good job. I'd love to have a job like that. It'd be exciting. Yeah, me too. But there was a, he said the strangest <laughs> yeah. one he ever had was a woman who made a claim that ever since her accident, she was eating sponges. And he said, it has to be a joke. So sure enough, he gets into his van. He had a little hole in the side of the van for his camera to stick out. And he'd put a sign on his van, you know, saying something plumbing or something. He changed it every now and again, magnetic signs. He was like a real life investigator. So he followed her. Down she went, down to Dunstores, genuinely came out of Dunstores with a bag full of sponges. And he saw her through her front window, eating the sponges. He said, I just went back to them and I said, pay her the money. She's eating sponges. <laughs> and you think you've got problems. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Cork City Library's Richard Forrest reports uh, what was in the news in Cork 100 days this, or 100 years ago, should I say, this day. Now, these are the stories that really intrigue me, Sarah. What happened? You always want to know a bit of nostalgia. What was happening this day 100 years ago? Probably raining like it is now, but what was happening? So this is a, a column that somebody wrote because this, this would have been like the Terry Bradshaw of their time, I suppose. But yeah, all, all men, of course. Yeah. But it was talking about how um, women are... Um, kind of they uh, rising above their station um so girls i'll just read it out to you G- girls are revolting against the mores of their sex and will now attempt any manly feat 
from swimming the channel to pilot, piloting an airplane that was reported in the echo a hundred years ago. And they, they say that this as if it's a bad thing. You look you, you look at mm -hmm. the opening line and you think it's going to be positive. And then it moves, we read the next line and it says, the shining locks and dark braids have been given to the scissors. They want to smoke, to motor, to play football. In short, to stand level with men. Right. Of course, many have not only got level, but have long stood towering above men. Uh, Tennyson has never been a, a woman's poet since he described her as a lesser man and the modern girl is wiping out the reproach with half-length skirts, close-fitting knitted coats, cropped hair and the untrimmed felt hat. And it says here, cropped hair was once ranked as a degradation. If only our girls would obtain candid male opinion instead of the advice of the disgruntled among themselves, much of the aloofness, the loneliness, the anxiety and the quiet ridicule, which is their lot today, would disappear. There's only three lines left, bear with me. Men would be back to the mood of regarding them as creatures worthy of noble effort and high homage. And such was woman's place among men in the past. Such was the throne from which her modern follies and futile aspirations have dragged her down. But the wiles of women have been from the beginning as they are today, man's most bewildering source of entertainment Christ. and that was our that was our op-ed well, well, back I, then well in fairness I do find Jane and yourself a great source of entertainment to be, <laughs> to be honest with we, you yeah, we, are, we are pretty funny <laughs> yeah you are a great source of entertainment and that's quite ironic actually that we're coming up to a time in March where we're going to be having a referendum on changing the constitution um, well, now people are entitling it a woman's place is in the home, but that's not what the referendum is about. People are very confused by the whole thing. There's nowhere in the Constitution that actually says a woman's place is in the home. Um, it's just women's importance in society, I suppose, more so than anything else, isn't it? So in those days, obviously, women did. But, but see, here's the thing, and I've always been a believer in this, Sarah, that although women were treated very differently 100 years ago, I still believe, and I actually believe now, they were treated better to some degree. Now, Bear with me, all right? I do agree there wasn't equality, and I do agree they didn't have the same opportunities uh, when it came to careers, etc., etc. But I do believe they were more respected in society. Their men, their husbands, protected them. And I do believe they played a pivotal role in society. Like, you even take the wars. Women were so important during the wars. They might have been running on the front lines, but if there was nobody in the factories making the ammunition, it wouldn't have happened. So what I'm saying is m women played a really important role, but just a different role. Well, you know what I think? I think that now we're expected to be that and more of what we were before. We think that we're getting out of the home into the workplace, but really we still have to do everything. <laughs> Don't we? We so you have to, to, you have to do the work. Well, that's your choice. That's your choice. We're at work. Uh, well, I don't know. If you have no money, what are you going to do? I'd love to. Yeah. <laughs> Some of us would love to be at home for long periods with our children and have the best of both worlds but most of us are probably working like slaves and trying to look after the kids you know what I mean so, yeah, yeah. so you're doing the work and then you're coming home and doing the old fashioned work as well is what you're telling me but then I, I, but, I but then you're with I, the wrong I, I guy so. not you personally I, I, I'm just saying <laughs> <laughs> but I, I I don't know is it that I do 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 men get the same as us? Like like for example, right? 
Most most husbands are decent nowadays and will make the dinner and hoover the floor. No, but no, but just just general. I'm talking about even women to, to each other. Like there there was a woman I, about a year ago, and she said to me, "Hi, Sarah. I haven't seen you in ages." And I said, "Oh yeah, great to see you." And she said, "Are you still doing the little bit of writing?" I still do a little bit of writing I said you mean my full time job <laughs> yeah but I people often say that to me hi now I haven't seen ages he's still doing that little bit of radio stuff that you used to do yeah that little you know little putting chatting. on your earphones yeah. and pretending yeah <laughs> but the way she the way she I know I get you I get you it was like a sideline like a hustle <laughs> and hence, yeah yeah, yeah I, and the, when like years years ago, when I was in my early twenties and I was on social welfare and I was trying to get into journalism, um, the guy there told me, "Right, you can um, work in a cafe and then you can write your little book in the attic." So your little book, everything is little. Yes. That's very patronising, isn't it? The little bit of writing in, in your little book. In 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 in, but in bless the attic. You. God bless you. For a woman, you're not too bad. In Frank or something writing my diary, the way he described it. But yeah, yeah I mean, I mean, you know, for a woman, you're doing a great job, Sarah. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I swear. <laughs> if I, I if I was serious, me, anyway, Jane, Jane would kill me. Jane would kill there me. There was a compliment in there somewhere, <laughs> and that's the most important thing, isn't it? It you is. You tried your best. <laughs> Sarah, listen, thank you very much indeed, and I appreciate you coming on the air to talk to us again. Thank you very much indeed. Now, now. real people, real opinions. Nighttime talk with Niall Boylan. Ireland's classic hits radio.